Hello, thank you for listening to Ambient Light, where we talk about the art and magic of our photographs. I'm Sabrina, and I'm your host. Hi there. This is a special re-presentation of the audio from a recording that I recently made with some thoughts about economic disparity and how I as an individual, as a business owner, am looking at ways to structure my fees in a way that I can work with people of diverse economic backgrounds. That description might make this sound like it's going to be a little boring, but honestly it's not. In it, I talk a lot about my own background, um, how I've had to kind of come to terms with the varying ways that I could be managing my business in terms of um, who my clients are. So do I position myself as a luxury service that only people of means and privilege um, are able to work with me? Or do I find a way to work within my values and prioritize my own desire to help preserve stories no matter where they're coming from. So I hope you'll listen to this. The entire video is on my website under the services and pricing tab. I put it there because it's important for me that anyone who happens upon my website and is thinking of, of working with me understands how I came to the pricing that I put on my website and how by paying full price by people who are able, how that enables me to work with people who are not able to pay that price, which again is what's really important to me. So um, let me stop introducing it and uh, here's, here's the audio. One more thing before we get into the audio is that I wanted to express gratitude to my very first patron on Patreon, who is Bailey Poland. So thank you, Bailey. The link to my Patreon is in the show notes, but it's patreon.com slash Sabrina Hughes. And I so greatly appreciate anybody who checks that out and who becomes a patron. Okay, now we're going on to the audio. Here we go. Hi. Oops, this is take two. And it's better because it's a little quieter. So. I'm making this video today because I have had an idea stuck in my head all day long. It's been kind of just turning around and I've been, um, you know, letting it simmer and kind of writing about it, making notes about um, ways that I can make my services more um, accessible by people of all financial situations. Now this is really important for me because um, if you can't tell, and maybe if you're not on the email list yet and haven't gotten a whole lot of, you know, sense about how I approach photo history and how I um, encourage my students to approach photo history, I think that it's incredibly important that everyone think about preserving their family photos. Excuse me. I've got a loud truck about to go by.
It's incredibly important. It's important that people my train okay <laughs> let's rewind for a second are any of you who are watching this like into ancestry and um, you know doing your family tree and uh, tracing back generations and generations and generations and generations and you know if you trace back far enough you eventually get to a point where it's like oh I was related to a king or oh I was related to you know a queen or some famous noble person I'm the you know 21st great-grandchild of or something like that um, there's like a structural historical reason for that and um, it's because way back then it was only people of certain classes whose lineages were recorded does that make sense um, you know if you look far enough back in history you don't get the lived daily experience of um, you know many peasants right because they weren't literate and uh, they probably didn't have the means of recording something or even if they were literate and did have some pen and paper and some books um, you know they didn't have vaults to keep them in right so um, I'm kind of uh, giving this example to lay the um or to establish the way that who let's see what am i trying to say <laughs> who has had access to have their family information archived i mean you know obviously way 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 in the past it was just nobility um, because they had to prove bloodlines and stuff at some point it may have been you know people um, who had a little bit more money than that obviously people who had property because they had a legacy or property or money that had to you know um, go to their family so it was important for them to establish their family um, uh, connections their family tree now here's where I'm gonna start talking about money a little bit and um, how I'm gonna relate all of this hopefully in a way that makes sense to the way I'm thinking about my pricing structure so um, if you've ever gone on to my website, photoxo.net, there's a um, whole page that's dedicated to services and pricing. And the way I have that set up is um, by uh, kind of by project type because, um, you know, I'm, I'm a one person business um, and there aren't many, there aren't many comparatively there aren't that many other people doing what I'm doing so I don't have a lot of um, comps right I don't have a lot of um, industry comparisons to make um, in terms of whether it's better to do an hourly rate whether it's better to do a project rate so so I just have worked and kind of intuited my way into something that feels right for me and feels right for my clients and generally this is something that works so if you visit that site, uh, photoxo.net slash, I think it's services hyphen pricing, or you can just get there through the menu, you will see that um, none of my services are inexpensive. In fact, I'm um, in the past, I have thought of myself, I've thought of my business as a luxury industry. 
and I embraced that. But as someone who comes from a working class family, and not just working class, but I would say um, lower middle class, um, possibly at times, I mean, I don't know much about our financial situation when I was a kid, but I remember we had some tough times. So, you know, there's times when we were probably skirting the poverty line, if I had to guess. Um, that that's that's where I come from. That is the um, that is the the sort of economic strata of my family. So I recognize that the pricing that I as I have said it is excluding a lot of people, and I don't like it because um, I have a strong belief that people, especially people of um, underrepresented groups, whether that be an underrepresented economic class, whether that be an underrepresented um, ethnic class, whether that be an underrepresented religious class, um, whether that be an underrepresented gender or sexuality expression, um, it is imperative that people of different experiences have their stories recorded. And the reason, I mean, I can, as a historian, I can say, and as a professor, I can say this is imperative because um, these are, this is what I'm teaching now. So um, the history of photography, you know, I'm not gonna like tell you, I'm not gonna give you a rundown of the class, but, um, a lot of times the way it's taught is the way a lot of art history is taught, which is, you know, it was a history that was written down in the 1950s by white men, and it is very often a history of the achievements, the achievements of white men. Now, photography is uh, the most democratic art form, and um, even going beyond the art, the art in, you know, I'm, I'm in the art history department, so obviously I think about art, but going beyond that, photography is a visual language that allows every one of us to picture ourselves the way we want to be pictured. That democraticness of photography is something that is so important to me and that as I teach my class, as I have taught my class the last few years, it's a theme that becomes more and more key every time I teach it. I spend a little more time talking about the difference between what it's like when we have the ability to picture ourselves versus what it's like when we are pictured by or objectified by other groups that have power. Okay, so this is this is a value, a core value of mine that we all exercise our ability right now with photography to self-fashion, to determine how we want the world to see us. And the other side of that coin is making sure that those stories are preserved and making sure that those stories don't get lost because someone couldn't afford to back them up or they don't get lost because someone couldn't afford to have them scanned. Okay, so this is, um, you know, this is like my inner core belief that I have not yet thought of a way, until today, <laughs> I had not yet thought of a way to be able to work into my business in a way that I could both sustain um, myself, sustain my needs to live, and also um, 
offer something at uh, a price scale, maybe even a sliding scale that is more accessible to more people. Okay, I thought it would be a good idea to record to get the nice sunset light, but it's uh, <laughs> starting to lose my light. So let me not let me not drag this out too much. Um, so part of part of what I've been thinking about today is how do I how do I realistically implement a sliding scale system? Um, and the the answer to that lies in taking advantage of the times that my clientele um, is able to pay the price on the website, okay? So um, this this has a little bit to do with a podcast that I listened to recently where someone was talking about, you know, um, how do you, as a, as a one-person business, how do you decide where your price point is? And, you know, you might feel bad charging um, $3,000 because it's not accessible so instead you charge $2,000 and then you kind of have to hustle a little bit more and you're not quite happy because you're not making enough and honestly $2,000 is still not accessible for a lot of people right and I really took that to heart because in my opinion um, the way that I have priced my services at this point um, you know in the past I've had hourly options I've had I've had a whole bunch of you know kind of like uh, levels where it's like do you have this many photos it's this much do you have this many photos it's this much and none of that none of that was working either for me or my clients because ultimately it presented a whole lot of barriers for them and um, people were getting hung up on oh well I want to you know I don't want to give you a thousand photos because I want to be under that price break or whatever and I'm just I'm not interested in um, I'm not interested in like we just it needs to be easier because the work needs to be done that's what I want I want the work to be done so the pricing structure that you'll see now and honestly I think it's working in a way that um, I'm going to stick with this structure so the pricing structure is based on what exactly you want done not on quantity um, but again you'll see that it is it is in the two to three thousand dollar range and that depends on what time of year it is because um, during hurricane season, I'm charging more because if I have to take in your photos into my possession during hurricane season, um, then I need to take some extra precautions to make sure that, you know, make sure there's, they're safe with me. I prefer not to take in new photos during hurricane season. So that's why the price is higher during hurricane season because I live in Florida. Okay. All of that being said, I finally finally it clicked with me how to um, kind of offer this sliding scale system or how to take into account the fact that I want I want clients um, who are not only able to pay luxury service I want to serve clients who are immigrants I want to serve clients who um, you know have to tell a story of uh, you know, their family that, that didn't end in a million dollar mansion. I want to tell all those stories too. I want all of those stories to be preserved. So I figured out the way to do it is to um, leave my prices as they are. I'm going to have always a number of clients that see that price and say, that's a great deal. And honestly, it is. Like, that price is not, um, it's not outrageous for what you get, right? People always are gonna judge whether they think it's too expensive or not based on 
um, how they value their own photos. How it's, It has nothing to do with how I price it. It has to do with how you, as the potential client, uh, how you value the work that's going to be done, how you value the, the end result. So my prices are staying my prices. Now, what's changing is that you will see, and the reason I'm recording this today is because I do, I'm recording this at a time when I'm going to offer a limited, very limited, slightly lower price. I guess slightly lower. It's significantly lower, um, but it's still going to be, um, it's not as low as I hope to get for some of you. <laughs> so I just want to say, you know, some of you are going to see the sale price that I'm offering right now and you're going to say, oh, that's still too much. I see you. I hear you. I know you exist. Um, I'm working on it. Just trust me. I'm, I'm going to get a full sliding scale set up so that what you can pay is what I will be able to um, do the work for. Okay, I'm seriously losing my light here and everything's getting more green. <laughs> Spooky. So, okay, so I got a little ahead of myself again. Let me rewind <laughs> just again. Um, so the way to subsidize, the way that I'm going to be able to subsidize this sliding scale is by, um, as needed, as possible, when I am, uh, when I get clients who are paying the um, advertised rate on the website, um, you know, very often I will uh, rent, have to rent special equipment to do, a, to do a certain job. So the way that I'm going to enable or support this sliding scale system is that when I get a full paying client and I have to rent special equipment, I am going to offer um, additional people who have the same job that that special equipment needs to come in and um, so that you know I can get the most use out of renting that equipment the client who has paid full price gets their thing done happily and other people who who maybe need the work done but are not in a financial position to um, to pay full price can come to me during those times so when you see that I have a price reduction, when I'm talking about a price reduction, this is where it's coming from. The amount of work I'm doing is exactly the same. The um, type of work I'm doing is exactly the same. When you see that I'm advertising a limited time price reduction, it's because I have the ability to do this job right now with this equipment that I have for a limited time, and I'm offering you to get, to get in on it at a reduced price, okay? So that's how these price reductions function. Um, and I mean, when it hit me today, I was finally just like, this makes complete sense and it's the easiest thing in the world because it's, it's allowing my business to, to invite more people to do the work with me, invite more people to um, have their family memories preserved, which is just so important, that's why I do this job. Um, and it doesn't take away from my time. It doesn't, it actually makes it easier for me. So it's, you know, it's still time that I don't have to hustle to get another client. So um, I think this is win, win, win. And I think that um, this is something that I wanna try a lot. I'm gonna um, 
I'm really excited to announce it and roll it out. So again, I'm recording this because right now I'm about to enter into a special price reduction period. So it's going to be very short term. Um, it's because I have to rent a, um, a high volume scanner. It's a scanner that I don't have here usually, which high volume scanner means that I can scan a lot of photos very quickly. So, um, so I'm going to be opening up a limited time price reduction. Now, it is, like I said, it is important to me that the people who need it are the people who are taking advantage of this. So as I was turning this idea over my head today, um, a few terms kept coming to me, like over and over again, that I want to be sure to um, relate to how I'm going to move forward with determining these um, sliding scale eligibility and stuff like that. Um, I would love it to eventually be, you know, kind of, um, uh, you know, pay pay what you want type system, but we're not there yet. Um, I'm still a, a one person one person company who um, you know has uh, to support a one person company with with big growth goals. <laughs> so the two terms that I keep thinking of are one of them is legacy. Um, we hear the term legacy a lot. I've been watching. Whoops, sorry about that. I've been watching um, The Watchmen on HBO, and I don't know if any of y'all have been watching it, but um, legacy is a huge theme in Watchmen, and so it's been on my mind a lot. And, um, you know, when you think about legacy, when you think about the legacy that you, as an individual today, received from your ancestors, um, legacy can be received in many ways. Some of us received um, property as a legacy. Some of us received money as a legacy. Some of us uh, did not receive anything except photographs as a legacy. Um, and those are the people that I am really interested in serving with this idea of a sliding scale. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those people and I honestly don't even, I think, well, you've all heard the story of my grandmother and the hot water heater, but I don't even have that many photos as a family legacy. You know, shit happens. And um, I, although I don't have, you know, again, I'm relating this to me personally because um, it, it means a lot to me. But when I think about myself, you know, I don't have a legacy of, of property or money from my family. However, I do still have um, a legacy of certain privileges. Um, you know, I, I have a legacy of um, receiving an education. I have the legacy of having um, been born in this country. And I have the legacy of having had my ancestors many generations back born in this country. So when I think about legacy, I do think about these, you know, this kind of uh, chain or mesh of, of privileges that I, um, you know, have simply as a result of the, the randomness of when and where I was born. So what I really want to do is to um, aid and serve people who do not have all of those legacies that I do and more um, and that you know possibly don't even have the privileges that I've experienced um, you know in my history of photo class I teach about the Japanese internment and we show we look at photos of the um, 
Japanese-American internment in concentration camps in California during World War II. And I think a lot about the way that, um, you know, these were in some cases, in many cases, well, in some cases it was, um, you know, immigrants of that generation. Um, but in, in other cases it was um, American-born, American-born individuals of Japanese ancestry whose property and legacy, um, when you think about legacy in monetary terms and capital terms, their property was seized and they were sent to camps for years and their property wasn't returned, their legacy wasn't returned. So it's stories like those that I think about that are incredibly important um, and that, you know, that's who I want to connect with. You know, I don't think it's too controversial either to talk about the legacy of slavery in this country and, um, you know, the, the fact that um, economically African Americans are at, you know, kind of by average a severe disadvantage. So, um, you know, I'm an individual, I'm, I'm just one person and um, there's not a lot that one person can do in terms of uh, trying to right these wrongs, um, but something I can do is connect with those people, connect with people who uh, want to be able to tell their story for generations to come, and I can offer them my services um, at a rate that, that they can have access to, and that I, I take that very seriously as something that I as one person um, can do to, you know, I can't do anything to right the wrongs, but it's something, it's something that I can do to um, make an effort, right? Right, that's all we can do is make an effort. So, um, you know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna make a list of who I'm, hoping to reach um, in terms of the sliding scale, but let me just say that if, if you believe that this applies to you, then it probably does. So, um, you know, I, like I said, I'm not gonna have like a, an application process or anything, it's just me, but please do take advantage of a reduced price when you see one that resonates with you. Um, like I said, I they're not. It's not always going to be the same price. It's not always going to be. Um, at least for right now, I can't say when it's going to happen because it depends on when I get a full a full price paying client. Um, but um, look for them because every time I have the option to now, I'm going to offer um, these reduced sliding scale options because. Um, now I no longer see it as something that is something I have to figure out. I figured it out and now I'm really, really excited to start working with people who I haven't worked with yet. So, um, okay, this has been a really long time and look, it's dark now. I'm gonna switch the camera around so you can see the sunset. So there's, there's the sunset. That's what I've been looking at every time you see me look off to my right. <laughs> That's what I've been looking at. It's so pretty. It's such a nice view. Okay. 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 So, um, this, I'm, I'm 
probably gonna put this video up on the website. I've made it into a video because I want to use it for reference, especially if um, anyone you know has any questions about why I price things the way I do. Like I said, it hasn't happened yet necessarily, but I do occasionally get you know the inquiry about whether a sale is coming up, and I've never thought of I've never thought of my work in those terms because. Um, the price that I the price that I pay is the price the price that I pay is um, you know it's already taking into account so many things so I've been reluctant to you know have like sales or even um, times of, of reduced prices but now uh, this changes everything this is this is you know rather than having it be affiliated with a certain time when you know I'm trying to whatever Get more business or whatever um, it's now affiliated with my values that I hold dear and it's affiliated with um, a way that I see that I can help more people tell their stories and help more people make sure that their family makes it their family memories make it to future generations so that you know other people can know your stories because your story is important your individual story is important and the story of all your individuals and your family is also important and I would say um, especially especially for people who um, you know have had family go through some serious hardships and and it's definitely definitely those people that I want to reach so um, you hear sailor barking time to go bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Ambient Light. I'm Sabrina Hughes. If you're ready to start preserving your own family photographs, visit me on my website at photoxo.net. That's P-H-O-T-O-X-O.net. This podcast is supported by my patrons on Patreon. If you would like to become one of my patrons, I would absolutely love to have you. You can find me on patreon.com slash Sabrina Hughes. And I'm very active on Instagram on my regular account, which is at Sabrina Hughes, and on my vintage photo account, which is The Picurious, T-H-E-P-I-C-U-R-I-O-U-S. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.